Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, it's a big day. It is. It's a very big day. It's the first episode, I guess, coming back from the new year. First real episode. First real episode. We had the year review, which was... Taped in 2018. Which was taped in 2018, yes. So um, I'm excited to have on the director today. You know, director, well, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for coming out again. We appreciate it. Good to be here. Well, first director, you know, you were on, I don't know, it was, you've been on so often, but uh, you were on a couple months back and you talked about the previous strategic plan, which ended on December 31st. And we talked about the progress report and kind of the stuff that um, the department has has done since then. And you also mentioned that we will have a new strategic plan moving forward on January 1st. And so you're back today to talk about that. We have a plan that's going to be rolling out here uh, in the very near future. So let's talk about this plan a little bit and get into some of the details. But first, so this is effective January 1st, correct, Director? That is correct. The idea is that the plan will be effective January 1st. We haven't disseminated the plan yet. We will be doing that in the very, very near future. But the plan came about as a result of some work that a cross-section of of, uh, staff in the department did, a group we pulled together to talk about sort of where we had been, what we had accomplished, and where we wanted to go in the future as a department. And it's important to note that not only did the people who were in that room work on crafting the strategic plan, but we took input and ideas from others throughout the department as to you know what they thought was working, what they thought uh, could be improved, where they'd like to see us headed, those sorts of things. Okay, so, and I noticed in this plan, it's, it's very detailed. There's a, there's a lot of goals. There's quite a few object- objectives under each goal. Many more than I think the last plan had. Is there a reason for that? Well, I think that, you know, coming off of the last strategic plan, when we looked back and saw what we had accomplished, um, it was pretty encouraging that as a department, when we worked together, um, seeing the types of things that we could achieve. And so I think we were pretty invigorated going into the planning for this strategic plan and feel that we have a very solid foundation to build on. And so there was no shortage of ideas and enthusiasm for new concepts and programs and things that we wanted to do. And so we did end up with quite a few more goals and objectives than we previously had. But I think that's good. I think it shows uh, the ambition that we have and the confidence that we have that we can continue to make a difference. Yeah, I was just going to mention how, you know, this is a very ambitious plan. So let's talk about some of the goals and objectives here. You know, there there are seven goals and quite a few objectives under, under the goals here. But what is, I guess, the goal or objective that you're looking forward to and want to accomplish tops in your list? Well, there's uh, numerous things in this plan. Um, Goal one is about investing in our employees. And specifically within that goal, I would say the objective that deals with establishing a wellness unit to address overall employee well-being. And I am very excited about that. We're well underway with that goal. I believe we've talked about it on the podcast in the past. 
And I think it's going to be really the first of its kind among corrections departments in the nation with the amount of resources that we plan to put into this and, you know, to provide a peer support, peer network for all of our staff to help them deal with the stresses of the job, things that are going on in their life. I'm excited that we're going to be able to do that. In fact, that'll probably be one of the very first that we finish in this new plan. I'm also excited about the opportunity to bring back a new employee school for non-custody employees. I think that's important. When I started in the department, I went to new employee school. I found it to be valuable. I've talked to a lot of people in this department who felt the same way. It was done away with many years ago, and I think it's important. And so um, looking forward to bringing that back. I'm also looking forward to uh, the establishment of a formalized mentoring program for staff. We definitely need to do more of that in this department, and so we've laid out some ideas and plans around mentoring in this plan. Well, I'm kind of biased to goal seven, which is uh, enhance field supervision strategies. And I know one of the objectives under there is to you know invest in female programming, and I think that's very, very important to you moving forward too, right? Yes. That has uh, been something that I've been very dedicated to throughout my time as director. And although we've made progress, we have a long way to go in this regard. And really within the community, we need to be much more focused on female offenders in the community than we have been. And we know that the resources there could be more plentiful. And so um, looking forward to working with community partners and others to see what type of diversionary programs, residential treatment programs, those sorts of things we can develop and access for our women in the community to hopefully get them on the right track so they don't end up coming to prison at all. When we look at goal two, which is to promote a culture that fosters success for, for everyone, uh, one of those pieces is that we want to become a trauma-informed department. And I know we're, we've been working on that very closely at Women's Grand Valley, but I think it's important overall, that I know it's been important to you to, to be a trauma-informed department and, and what all that entails. Right. I think that is very important. You know, I've learned so much about this issue of trauma and how it impacts the lives of our offenders, the lives of our staff as well. And I think, you know, the next step for us is to educate ourselves, to educate, you know, the people within the department and the community on the importance of understanding trauma and helping our staff and our offenders learn to deal with the effects of that trauma and helping understand why people react the way they do to certain situations and how we can perhaps do things differently once we have an understanding of the impact of trauma in people's lives. Yeah, I think that's really important. And obviously talking about investing in our employees and helping our employees, the, the key piece of that is what uh, is reflected in the fact that it's in goal one and it's objective 1.1, which is to attract and retain quality staff. I know that you've been working very hard on that and we've got some really ambitious goals and we're going to be hiring you know, more than 700 new officers this year because of funding that, that you and uh, others helped fight for to get into the budget so we have enough. But we've, I know we've been really working on our vacancy issues and we've had a lot of success, particularly at Women's Here in Valley, but for all too, that, that's a big goal I know of yours. Yes, that is a goal. It's a continuing and ongoing goal. We've done a lot to revamp our recruitment and training department, as you know, and I think that that has brought us some good dividends. 
But we're also trying to empower our wardens and our staff out in the field to be sort of the greatest recruiters that we have that can go out into the communities and talk about what it means to be a part of this team and the opportunities that are here for employment and for growth and for a career. I mean, that's what we want. We want people to join our department and make it a career. And so I'm hoping, I've been working very closely with recruitment staff, actually even today and every day this week on our academy, our next academy coming up. We're hoping that we're going to have a very good academy, you know, between the North and the South academies, hopefully 200 people, and that would be great. Well, you know, Director, we say quite a bit on this podcast, you know, that every interaction that you have with somebody matters, especially with, you know, the people that we supervise both inside and outside facilities, it matters. And, and I know in goal two, objective 2.1 is establishing a coaching model to improve the interactions that we have with offenders. Uh, we've had past guests on the podcast talking about the impact that our interactions have, both positive and negative. And I kind of want to get your take on this and talk about why this was added into the strategic plan. Well, I think it is very important. You know, when you look back uh, over the past few years and look at our offender success model and a lot of the changes that we've implemented and just changes in our overall thinking and the education that we've received about things like motivational interviewing and being a trauma-informed department, you know, those lead us to this point of saying, hey, we do need to look at doing more training around becoming a coaching model because the interactions, and we say it all the time to staff, that you never know when you're having that moment with somebody where what you say and what you do and how you respond and how you react has the ability to change somebody's life, hopefully for the better, in a positive way. And we hear these anecdotal stories coming back that will you know, tell us where somebody will tell us about a particular moment where an interaction they had with a correctional officer or a field agent changed their life or gave them hope or whatever the case may be. And I'd like to see that not be an an anecdotal thing, but be something that is regular and routine and all the time because of our approach to communicating with people. And going to a coaching model, by the way, it doesn't just impact what goes on inside the prison. And we know from going through motivational interviewing and some of these other things that it can help us in our communication with people outside of work too. And so I think that's an an additional benefit. And when you talk about communication, one of the things that I learned about from this process was that or learned more about, I guess, was that the, the well, communication... Let's be honest, you knew nothing about this, Chris, I, I, until, yeah. I, That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be nice to myself. <laughs> but what I was found interesting was that we, we really have had some issues in communicating between CFA and FOA, and, you know, when somebody, what happens to somebody in prison, the agent doesn't really know much about that. It's, there's no case notes that follow somebody while they're in prison. And so one of the goals is around that is this continuous case management so we can have we have a better flow of information between, and that's going to help both the agents know more about who they're supervising, and it's going to be better for But also it's obviously going to be better for, for the individual that's being supervised, and I think that's really important that we're, we're recognizing that and we're doing that, and the new computer system that's going into place will be a, a big part of that as well. Right. I totally agree with you, and I think this is, in fact, when you look at it, it's one of those ones that you say, wow, I can't believe that we haven't had a better system of communication in place because we're doing so much 
in the individual areas to foster and promote success, we don't want to lose or go backwards with any of the gains we've made by not properly handing off the information that we have to the next phase of you know, supervision. So whether it's somebody who's leaving prison and going out onto parole or somebody who is on probation and might be coming into prison. And we are the holders of all of the information. We are one department and we need to be, you know, integrating all of our information and sharing it amongst each other to get better outcomes. Yeah, and then one of the other things that's that's part of this that's just mentioned but has a whole other plan on top of this is the uh, the women's uh, here in Valley, and they, they're going to have their own strategic plan. Um, and one of the goals in, in the department plan is to obviously just monitor to make sure that that plan is being taken care of. But I know that that's been a big focus of yours, is to make sure that we have a good plan in place for that facility itself. Yes, we, um, as you know, with the help of some foundation grant money, we were able to do a top to bottom assessment of the facility and create a strategic plan just for the women's facility. And Warden Brewer and the staff at Huron Valley have already, they've just, um, you know, jumped right in with implementing that plan already, and they're making a lot of progress on it. But I think it's important, it's important for the women to have their own plan because, again, you know, we have evolved quite a bit. There's a lot more evidence and research available today that wasn't available in prior prior years that helps inform our decision-making about how we deal with women, how we respond to them, what supervision strategies, all of those things that we use with women. And so I think it is fitting that we take the unique nature of that population and we devote our resources into the development of their own pathway to the future. Well, Chris, I think hopefully people got a, a glimpse of the new plan moving forward for the next four years. <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of it has to do with exactly what you just said. You know, a lot of it's evidence-based, kind of moving towards an evidence-based corrections department. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to do. But I also think there's a great balance between, you know, continuing to move forward on what we're doing with offender success and really looking differently at how we help um, the offenders that we supervise in a nice balance of that with investing in our staff. I think that's also very, very important in our department is, you know, we have a, a ton, you know, over 13,000 people, great people who work for us and make a difference every single day. So I think it's, there's, a, there's a nice balance in this plan with both looking at moving forward with the financial success and investing in our employees. So, Director Washington, we thank you so much again for coming on and, and uh, you know, sharing some of uh, the things that are going on in the department. You know, I, I think this plan, when it rolls out, uh, I, th- I think people are going to have a lot to do, number one, but I think they're going to also notice that uh, it's a very innovative and modernized plan. So thanks for coming on, Director. We appreciate it. Thank you both. All right, Chris. Well, it was great to have the director on. You know, it's always, it's always nice to have the director on, but, you know, it was a special episode to talk about the upcoming strategic plan and kind of her vision for the department over the next four years. I think we highlighted quite a few things that, that are in the plan. I mean, you know, it's, it's an ambitious plan, as she talked about. I'd ask you what your favorite part of the plan was, Chris, but I'm not sure. Have you even seen the plan yet? Been very involved in the plan. Very involved, okay. Yeah. Very involved. But it was nice to have her on. It's always nice to get the director on to talk to staff, you know, and kind of give a glimpse of what's, what's coming in the future. Well, speaking of what's coming in the future, Chris... It's a big day today here, isn't it? Yeah, very big day. we got a special guest that's going to be uh, perusing the halls uh, of Grandview Plaza. That's right. And, you know, before we mention that, we probably should talk about today is Wednesday, right? 
It isn't. Don't we usually put these out on Tuesdays? <laughs> and, and and did we did we not put one out last Tuesday? Is we, that we had a bye week. Uh, we had a bye week. week. Okay. Yeah. I needed to rest up and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get get <laughs> get better of my injuries. Okay. <laughs> so explain. I guess explain because it's your staff. Why we're a little behind here and uh, you're a man down. I think and. Yeah, after we lost uh, Kamara, we we were, we've now got Holly helping us produce the podcast, and who's uh, doing an awesome job, by the doing way, doing an abs- absolute awesome job. But despite what she has to work with in terms of the raw material, that's right. you and I, that's right. So she's doing a, doing a great job, but but it's just been a little t- tough with the schedules and trying to get everything together. So, but we think we're back on track, and we're still planning to hit our mark of getting things out every Tuesday yep. from here on out. We've got some stuff already lined up and in the can, so we're gonna be ready to go. And we're hoping to have some very exciting guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, there's potential to have some really very exciting guests. I know you say for the tens of listeners that we have, I, I appreciate explaining that, but. Yeah, so get back to what, what's happening today and, and, and the possibility of having a huge guest on the podcast. Yeah, so Governor Whitmer is going to be touring our office today. She's got a plan to basically try to hit every department before the state of the state and, and visit and see all the offices and, and meet with employees from you know entry level all you know up to the uh, obviously members of her cabinet and deputy directors but she really wants to hear from state employees from across the state and across all different parts all different levels of employment uh, hear from them and, and what's going right what's what can be done better and so she's going to be taking a tour meeting with the director doing a tour of the office meeting employees in their cubicles and then uh, doing a focus group with some select uh, employees, and then maybe we'll uh, maybe we can try to convince her to, to come on the podcast. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm crossing my fingers. That's for sure. It'd be, it, that would be a, a pretty a pretty big get for this podcast to have newly elected Governor Whitmer on. So that's that's exciting for us. You know, I, I'm excited to hear her vision of corrections and kind of what uh, number one how her day went here and kind of what she heard and what she learned. But um, I'm very excited to hear her vision of corrections and what she wants to see. You know where, where corrections. What she, she wants to see corrections move to. So, um, hopefully, cross my fingers, Chris. You know, it's, we have a lot of guests on here, but I'm going to be extremely nervous for this one if we if we do get her on here. So, stay tuned, and hopefully, everybody tunes in next week for a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at Mi Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account, at MDOC FOA, and the CFA account, at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.